0: This is Colleen Carney Hefner, and this is Twin Peaks Logcasting. I'm here with...
1: I'm Chris Pruitt, uh, managing editor of Drunk Monkeys.
0: And we have a special guest again, returning for a second time.
2: I'm Seth Fisher. Be- I- a fan of Twin Peaks. Fan of Twin, Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks, writer, okay. editor, I do things sometimes. Yeah, he does
1: do things. <laughs> Seth. He does
0: things. (laughs) We're here to talk about Twin Peaks Season 1, Episode 3 Zen or The Skill to Catch a Killer.
1: I'm gonna start by saying uh, Matt's point at the end of last episode about these being apparently retranslated German titles really rang true to me when I read this particular one, "Zen, comma or the skill to catch a killer." Like, I, <laughs> it definitely sounds like one of those phrases that's been fed into Google Translate like two or three times and come out the other side
0: i love like articles and stories and stuff that are called like something or something else so like this (laughs) but 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 that doesn't feel
1: like what's happened here no no about that it feels very (laughs) unintentional
0: all right so um if you've listened to the show before we're gonna stick with the format we usually do if you haven't that format is we just talk about it scene by scene and chat about what we think. So here we go. And
1: then we definitely throw it to producer Matt at the end of the episode. <laughs> on the spot again. <laughs> You've done it to yourself. <laughs> That's what really hurts. Um, the uh, So we open on, um, well, it's the dinner table for the
0: um,
3: horn household. The horn household. <laughs> and it's
1: very
0: tense. It's silent. It's one of David Lynch's silent scenes where people are just sitting there and you're like are you gonna get to it or what's happening and it
1: lasts a long time it lasts
0: a while yeah um we have johnny in his problematic garb again why not
1: i have here in my notes oh goody comma this headdress is back frowny face (laughs) so um i noticed that as well what one thing i will say about this shot is we talked last time about a scene that i felt fell pretty flat between audrey and ben in this to get across their sort of uh troubled daddy daughter dynamic that they have um and it felt like that had already been communicated in better and more direct more subtle ways and but this table scene really sets the dynamic for that whole family really effectively without any bad lines of dialogue without shoving it in your face i mean it is shoved in your face because it's so obvious so this is a silent scene but it's done in a way that like most filmmakers are not going to do this right and it makes use of that we're fading in from the credits time to just sort of set the tone for everything that's going on in this family and it works a lot better for me with a lot less yeah definitely this episode.
0: um Okay, and so then we, uh, after forever, someone busts into the room and it's Ben's brother Jerry. And Ugh. he has come from, was he in France? Where was France. He in France, yeah. With a sandwich that is a baguette with brie and butter. And he just goes on about it. He's very animated. It's. It's a it's a nice break from how silent and intense it was, but it's also like what the fuck <laughs> what is happening here? Um and he has been eat one of the baguette. He's like I have four a day, which is just a lot of bread. <laughs>
2: and then he creeps on Audrey and he tries to kiss um What's her name? We never remember her name. <laughs> the the, the mom. She's moms. named once or twice in yeah. the entire yeah. series. Audrey's so. mom, Mrs. <laughs> Horn, and she yells yells "Ben!" and
1: yeah. This episode introduces a <laughs> lot of the more interesting supporting characters that Jerry is probably the least among them, but he's still a great source of entertainment as the series moves forward. Um, I had a couple notes about this scene with the sandwiches. First of all, if he just got off this flight from Paris and he just pulls these sandwiches out of his bag, (laughs) these cheese sandwiches, how long has this cheese been unrefrigerated? And they just pull it out and begin chowing down on it. Awful. Um, And Ben eats it weird. that was what I was about to point out. Ben Horn, and I found the gift for this earlier, so we should definitely retweet this from the account, but... Ben eats this sandwich in a way that I don't think any human being has ever actually eaten a sandwich before. He, like, holds it long ways and bites into the side of it. And this is after, like, running the whole thing up and down his nose in this, like, semi-erotic, like... Attempts to take the sandwich in. It is one of the strangest things ever.
2: He is is making love to the sandwich.
1: He he really is. It's
0: sensual. But what's (laughs) hilarious about it, too, first of all, I wrote down triple B, because I think that's what that sandwich should be called. I brought you a triple B. (laughs) Makes sense. But this leads into a scene where they have a full conversation with their mouths full. And I know I say this a lot, and I probably will until the end of time, but this show is so strange in this i I try to picture people watching it for the very first time especially this episode and you have this tense dinner scene where you're like oh this dad's like super abusive and shitty and the daughter's a mess and everybody's just a mess and then it just goes right into these like antics of them trying to have a conversation with each other through their sandwich and i'm like i'm just trying to picture anyone being like Oh, yeah, all right. This is good. This is fine.
2: It's so strange. I feel like someone told David Lynch once not to have people talking with their mouths full in film. And he was like, no, fuck you. I'm going to do you know. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: and and Ben's wife has just had it. And they make a a reference to the Norwegian deal falling through. And I think Jerry refers to them as vikings yes are norwegians vikings because i turned to fritz and i said are norwegians vikings and he was like i don't know and then we never went back like i wrote it down and i never looked it up so i have no idea but i don't think of norwegians as vikings
2: I have no uh, idea. Right, my my Nordic history is yeah. just bad. <laughs> but I was like,
0: I just thought it would be funny if they weren't. And he's like, Well, get those Vikings yet? It's like, what are you talking about, you Aren't fool? Aren't the Danes Vikings? Yeah, well, yeah. it's not. Yeah, that's not what I think Fred said.
1: Sorry to any Vikings who might be listening to this podcast who are <laughs> offended by our lack of knowledge. Uh, before the conversation moves on to the Vikings thing, while they're still talking with their mouths full, there's this extremely weird bit where Ben goes. Oh, you know what we like this? You know what this reminds us of? Ginny and Jenny's down by the river. Right. What? <laughs> Truly <laughs> the mystery have of... Idea what that is? And you know what this reminds us of? is just the weirdest line ever. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I've decided it for you, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty
2: clearly two young girls at some point yeah, I that guess. they slept with because yeah, that's but it's, what they do. But
0: it's like, okay, is this yeah. a clue? No. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and, and it's one of these things where if that is what they're teeing up and that's sort of interesting, like, that payoff is literally in the next scene. So, right. like, it, it's kind of like a strange, uh, strange thing to just suddenly lay in. Like, we should foreshadow this 30 seconds before They like happens. to
0: do that, though. Like, when he was with... Um, what's her name? And it was like, Ooh, who's she sleeping with? And then they cut away, and then they're like, Oh, it's just Ben. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the last (laughs) episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. right. Catherine. Maybe it's like a theme around Ben. It's like, we don't want exposition on Ben. We wanted to just, we're just going to tell you what you need to know.
2: Also, I just want to point out, Jerry did not tip the porters. Yikes. Pissed me off. But he was already an asshole. I mean,
1: is he partial owner? Like, I, I feel like he maybe feels like these are his employees. Not that that makes it right, but that's like that's the right. kind of guy... Yeah, I, I, I like probably character. figure if he's not yeah. a
0: partial owner, then he just is like, oh, that's my brother. He yeah. owns a place, like, yeah. whatever.
1: Well, so. it does tell us something about Jerry. That's it's a good Jerry's. point. Got <laughs> some good character analysis. Uh, <laughs> we also get the first on-screen reference to One-Eyed Jacks Again... We're going to have one extremely brief scene in here, and then we're immediately going to know what One-Eyed Jacks is. (laughs) But
0: this one is important because they mention, oh, we have a new perfume girl.
1: Yes. And the perfume girl came
0: up last uh, episode almost as a throwaway line about Ronette uh, having a job as a perfume at the perfume counter. So obviously this is a connected.
1: Yes. And it comes back up again a little later in this episode as well. So we'll begin to see that plot. Uh, you know, three episodes in, some of the plot points are beginning to cohere into something that resembles a plot. <laughs> this <laughs> so must be where the well. scene
0: ends, because I wrote, this cursed dinner party is over.
1: Yeah. So, so we now go to uh, the Hayward family household, where they are finishing up this incredibly awkward <sighs> dinner with Don. Oh, that's what I was talking her about, new yes. awful boyfriend, James. And they're like, we're going to turn in now, and, 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 you yeah, crazy yeah. kids. And Doc Hayward bring, brings out this line. Are you coming to church with us in the morning to Donna, which is like a low key powerful like parental abstinence play right there? Like <laughs> remember Jesus in your heart right now, Donna. <laughs> Are you gonna
0: come to church with us tomorrow? Because Jesus will know yeah, he'll what
1: know you'll, you'll be up either to. Either way. He'll know even if you don't come. <laughs> and he
2: says it's at nine or eight or some early. It's time. early, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like eight,
1: yeah. So so you better get to bed, you crazy kids. Um does anything else really happen there? No, them? I wrote, I
2: fucking hate
1: James.
0: Yeah, it, I, I really think like, they just kind of, they're like, we'll see. You later. Like, yeah. It's not very interesting. Uh, oh, I wait. do want
2: i do want to point out that last time I was railing against the wallpaper, and I only noticed three terrible wallpapers in this whole mm. episode. Really? So I think it's improved. I do there, wallpaper there, There's also
1: more outdoor <laughs> content in this episode. Yeah, though, true. So I wonder true. if that, if maybe it's just... Less incidents of walls in this episode. <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh,
0: take note of those for when you're not here, and yeah. I can be like Seth, just so you know. Wallpaper <laughs> reference count eight.
1: We need like a we need some sort of tracker that we can right. You like make click up it every time. Okay, so we cut away from that to uh, Ben and Jerry in a speedboat going to One eyed Jack's. Uh, they get off of the boat, and Ben does the weirdest thing, where this woman comes out in. Uh, like a sort of what I guess is supposed to be something of a burlesque pirate uniform. Yeah, it's like a
0: weird burlesque uh, negligee thing. Yeah, it's,
1: it's pretty clear what's happening even now, but it'll be extremely explicit in like five seconds. But Ben gets up and he like grabs the back of her elbow length gloves to like greet her. It's the, it is easily the most awkward like the guy that plays ben has some of the most interesting choices of mannerism i think i've ever seen on an actor just the things he does in each scene is like why would anybody behave like this
0: he's a kooky guy it's very,
1: it's very memorable though.
0: i wrote she must be cold because all i could oh, think yeah. of was it's yeah. nighttime and in the all pacific north well they actually boat, right? one eye jack's on the border so it's it's in canada, in canada. technically and yep. they're on like a
2: like a dock Can you only get there from the river? Because that's a a problem with their business model. Because it snows a lot. I don't (laughs) know. I think
1: think that is the business model, though, right? Because it's like a secret sort of...
2: But, I mean, how many people have speedboats in this area? If you're going to one Eye Jacks, you have a speedboat. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, well we know those French Canadians just walk in there. You know, right? This series treats them. <laughs> but if you're coming from America, you're classy. you got a speedboat. Um, they, they get in, and... There's this great scene where uh, Jerry orders drinks from the girl. Does anybody else want to take this? Or? Oh,
2: is
0: this when Ben starts reciting Shakespeare? Oh, That's the, what it, I have. It's right before. Oh, okay. Jer- I don't Jerry know. Jerry
1: says, "says I'm going to have a double scotch on the rocks. And he's going to have a double scotch on the, on rocks. the rocks. And the girl <laughs> says, so two double scotches on the rocks. And he says, next stop, rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is another one of these David Lynch lines where he's like, "What if I throw like What if I throw like three different cliches into the same line?" <laughs> I have to
0: say, I like um, I kind of do like Jerry, and I think a lot of it is he's kooky and he gets very weird as it goes on. But also, he was the bad guy in the Crow, and he was very kooky in that as oh, well. You're right? Yeah, he oh was the God. one like, "Oh, t t-bird," <laughs> <laughs> and it took me years to realize that because they're just such a vastly different characters, but. I, I don't know. I like his next stop rocket science. It, he's kind of just an asshole. He's an, like
1: an asshole, but <laughs> given the way some of the characters skew in this series, he's one of the more, I don't want to say, like, good, but, like, benign asshole. Yeah, like he's, he's just kind of, like, obnoxious. within normal parameters. Um, and we may in the future get a clue as to why he is that kind of person <laughs> <laughs> when we get to season three many years from now. <laughs> um, Coming in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Assuming we all live that long.
0: This is where they have the the ladies come out, and it's very obvious that this is a uh, brothel, if you would, (laughs) right? Is that the proper term for it? And there's a new girl, and Ben starts to recite Shakespeare to her.
1: To the Madame. Yes. Yes. Blackie.
0: To Blackie, the Madame, yeah. And Jerry, I love this scene because he gets almost to the end of the poem and Jerry's like, that's enough. Like, he has no time for any more Shakespeare. He's hit his Shakespeare. Even though he's like 90% of the way. (laughs) Yeah, there's like two more lines and he's like, stop. And I just like that he's like, I have no time for this. Let's just get into whatever we're doing here. And actually, while we were watching it, Fritz said to me, this is an exceptionally horny television show for
1: 1990. (laughs) (laughs) And horny in that incredibly awkward, uh, like... David Lynchy way where it seems like he he's like an alien observing human behaviors more than he is replicating them. Um
2: I mean Ben is so you were just talking about this, but he is so creepy. He's like there was this there was this guy in college who went around asking women if he could massage their feet. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, and, no. like, that's what he reminds me of this whole time. Right. And knows. <laughs>
1: not, not coincidental, the, the uh, reveal of Ben as a foot guy in the previous episode. <laughs> it all comes back.
0: Ben as a foot fetish, confirmed. Yeah. Um,
1: they dis- When Ben and Jerry do a thing where they wind up deciding Ben gets to go with the new girl first and they disappear down this hilariously vaginal-looking pink, (laughs) like, folded curtain in, like, the most, like, do you get it moment of the episode. (laughs) That, that girl looks so frightened. Oh at yeah, first. yeah, it's upsetting. I, she, it's yeah. upsetting. I, I feel like it's good acting on her part though. Like I, I, yeah, she's supposed to seem frightened. Like you're not supposed to. Even though they're kind of like, ha ha, they're like Ben and Jerry. They're kind of funny. They, their name is a joke. But then like, it's like, oh, oh no. They, let Let's be clear. These, these, are, bad bad. these, yeah, are, these bad are bad people. Yeah, these are bad people doing bad things to like two young women. It's It's not good. Um, from here we cut to James and Donna making out, Ugh. and honestly, it sucks. The
0: less, yeah. the less we say about it, the better. I made a, I wrote a angry face, and then that was it.
2: My only question is, did she ever do the dishes? <laughs> yeah, I bet she did. <laughs> she probably Donna's did. a
0: Doc nice
1: asked, girl. But did she go to church? Yeah, she. Yeah, did. she does. Yeah. Yeah, because they she, talk about it. Yeah. Lighter. Yep. Oh so she (laughs) just doesn't require much sleep she had time for all of it is what it turns out (laughs) she
0: she didn't wash the bottom of her dishes it's like a whole thing on the internet this week (laughs)
1: Uh, Uh, is this like the washing your legs in the shower yeah it was very similar uh, yes
0: um then we move on to uh coop in his room and he b- blows that whistle he makes, and he makes literally the dumbest face I've ever seen in my life. I seriously, he does this pose like like yeah, I did it. <laughs> and he like pumps his fist, and he makes this face that I had. I had to pause the episode because I was laughing so hard at it. I me- I'll need to find a s- screen cap. I'm gonna mark that. <laughs>
1: Most of our podcast is figuring out what dumb shit we're going to post on the Twitter. <laughs> Twitter.
0: For our 25
1: followers. Well, most example. of them are us or other versions of Archives. Just hanging in peace to the meme.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's okay. A, it's a multimedia project, is what it is.
0: It's so funny. The face he makes, he does a lot of stuff this episode that is just funny. And it's like, <laughs> what is happening? And then, okay, then we have Hawk. And this killed me. He fills him in on, on, like, oh, I spoke to, like, you know, like, Renette's family, and, and I was there.
1: He mentions the perfume counter again. Yeah, he so mentions we're keeping that again. we plot point alive, even though he clearly is not really focused on that right. at the moment.
0: But then he says that he saw a one-armed man, and he says, he got away. I pursued him. No, he didn't. <laughs> he kind of walked down a hall, looked at either way he could go and then went back he
1: turned into a human shruggy emoji and he <laughs> went literally back to is
2: his a tracker is how he's described yes and and,
1: and, <laughs> yeah. and later in the series they'll go to great lengths to convince us that Hawk has something of a uh, like sixth sense that he's wise beyond normal uh, parameters and in at many points he's convincing in that role but he seems like just barely above the dunderheadedness of the other cops here. What is funny to me about this scene is when Hawk's like, I saw a one-armed man and I pursued him. And then Coop is like, Oh yeah, you definitely should have pursued that one. (laughs) Like he's also immediately troubled by it. I know, I know he's supposed to be troubled by it because he saw him in the elevator earlier and whatever. But I, yeah, I don't know. This whole thing really reads as like a big stretch to me. Um, it has more meaning by the end of the episode, but it feels unearned at this point when they're talking about it. I don't know. <laughs> it just do- it doesn't reminds do it me, me of
0: like when people are like, "Oh, did you do that report at work?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: totally, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, so then there's a uh, there's a knock on Coop's. Hawk leaves, I think.
1: Well, he was talking to him on the phone. Oh, that's right. He right, was on the right. phone.
0: And uh, there's a knock on the door. No one's there, but there's a note that says Jack with one eye. And I would like to point out that you might as well have just written one Eye Jacks.
2: Like, really? You're going to make a, a <laughs> weird riddle? Well, he smells it and he smiles, and that makes me think, and I can't remember if we find this out later. I haven't seen it for so long. It makes me think it's Audrey.
0: Right. It, yeah. But it's still like, don't be clever. Stop it. <laughs>
1: But that's her, I mean...
0: I know, I I know, but it still annoyed me. I wanted on the record that I was annoyed by
1: it. It is annoying. It is annoying. I I think I see Seth's point that, like, if, you know, there's X number of people that know this information that also happen to live in this hotel, and it's Audrey. Right. (laughs) So um, I I can see why also she wants to be uh, a little more subtle with it, but yes, it's annoying and also...
0: Like, if she should have drawn a playing jack and then one eye if she was going to try to be clever. Or, or just like, slip the card Right, anything. Eyes. That would have been
1: awesome, <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So many rewrites. Well, Audrey, Audrey's thinking process is a little clouded, which we'll get to. In a bit. It's perfect. It is perfect.
0: So. All right. Um,
1: so we go. Uh, <laughs> We go to this next scene, which I have described in my notes as Leo, Bobby, and Mike invite you to their new reality series, "Creeps in the Woods," <laughs> um, where it's
0: very Blair Witchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like yeah. the people who made Blair Witch were like,
2: "I know, what I want." What does it's, my movie need? Well, it's
1: it's like what if the guys that did like Jersey Shore made. Blair Witch or something <laughs> is what something it is. Different. They oh, also uh,
2: all have shitty flashlights. Really shitty flashlights. It's, it's like, like a right, black yeah. thing in the middle and yeah.
1: they all look like <laughs> just generic nineties lamo's. It's a really bizarre look scene, just aesthetically.
0: are going it, it starts with just Bobby and Mike, and they have a knife with them, which is like, ooh.
2: Switchblading
1: man. Yeah.
0: They're like, oh, I'm gonna give them one of these, or like whatever. <laughs> and then they're looking for a football that's left in a tree, like There's so many better ways. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, God. But then Leo appears. And there's a masked man with him. And this is where we learn that there's money in the safety deposit box that Laura had. So that's why they don't have the money. It's in... Like, they they, don't have access to it. They sort of
1: alluded to it in the prior episode where they're like, can't believe she checked out on us before we got the money. But now it's pretty explicit what was supposed to happen and... (laughs) what the deal is here
0: can you please talk about what leo says
1: I, I think you probably know or i may or may not know which line you're talking about because i've written a couple things leo says here. <laughs> of course
0: when he says leo needs a new, new pair of shoes, shoes.
1: <laughs> so devastatingly lame <laughs> uh, it's like, this is, now mind you
0: for this like age demographic, this is the toughest guy in Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, like for this real. is the guy they are all fucking terrified of, and he's like,
1: well, and you got to remember, Twin Peaks is like, you know, hellhole small town like America. So this guy might read as legitimately tough to these people, even though we see him as lame. I it's another one of these things where I can't tell if we're supposed to see him as lame or like. If he just incidentally is lame or if there's, <laughs> there's something that hasn't translated from 1990 to now. Like, I, I can see a lot of possibilities. Right. None well, of them are great.
2: <laughs> I mean, so he's a trucker, right? Uh-huh. So, and if he's a drug dealer, he's clearly, I mean, if you're a drug dealer, you're not going to be a truck driver unless that's how you're getting your drugs. Well, that's right. what I assume
0: is <laughs> yeah. there's like a trafficking thing happening right. there, but...
2: Um, so maybe, I mean, if he's, like, that sophisticated of a drug trafficker, he could be a little scary.
1: Yeah, he could be. I mean, there's also <laughs> that sort of, the the other thing I read in it is just that sort of really stereotypical association of truckers and uppers. Yeah. And like, maybe he just mm-hmm. happens to have these drugs, and, like, nobody else has got them in Twin Peaks, so, yeah, I'll sell them to these rich idiot kids. Like, why not? I, mean, I could definitely I
0: see him getting, like, involved in cocaine and stuff driving across the country yeah. like somebody somewhere is like hey here's something and it just goes from there
2: there's also i just want to point out there's a brief moment where bobby's wearing a backwards baseball hat and it's just it's my whole life every time i've seen a white person in a backwards baseball hat i know they're either a sociopath or a douchebag <laughs> or, or both, both. <laughs> or both. <laughs> and this is just more evidence for but, that yeah, and i just yeah. for the for mm-hmm. all the people listening i just want you to know that's a sign, and if you're wearing one, stop. Please, <laughs> Just please, please stop.
3: Durst <laughs> somewhere is like the Charlie Brown. Down <laughs> <and Casey laughs> <Jerry Sand. laughs>
2: he heard in his heart.
0: <laughs> uh, I also love what Bobby says to Leo here. Do you have a note on this?
1: Well, so I w- the next bit of dialogue I was going to address here was where they Bobby's trying to complain about, well, I don't have the money because it's in your safe deposit box and. Leo, by way of saying, why did you leave the money with Laura, says, Laura was a wild girl. And then Bobby goes, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and then Leo goes, yeah, maybe someday. <laughs> which, which is laid in here, I think, to... Well, it, it does hat tip towards something that does become important later. And it's not clear how important it is in this scene. So I like that it's laid in there. But, again, like... Leo is not one of the better actors on the show, (laughs) and he's also like playing this really hammy character, and it just comes across as like ultra lame. (laughs) I don't have have another word for it. It's just is lame. Have
2: you seen that actor in anything else? I don't think so. I I saw him on
0: like a. It was on like. Geraldo or something. They had like like the <laughs> cast when the show was first oh, on. He's right. like, it was really fun to be on I, it. Well, like,
1: it's very cheesy. And, and I, I will say that Leo uh, evolves significantly as a character throughout this series, and I do think that. It's- this actor's performance later in the series is actually quite interesting. <laughs> so this is not me just shitting on this guy, but it sucks in this scene. But he says
0: something, and Bobby says to him, "I appreciate your position," which <laughs> is just an amazing thing to say to somebody who's mad at you. Like they're just well, yelling at you, and, he and he it's like, some- "I."
1: And I believe he has a shotgun yeah. trained on him at this point. And Bobby goes, I appreciate your position. I that's
0: such a good line. Like, it really is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Ashbrook knocks it out of the park every time. We're talking about <laughs> actors that are playing cheesy but not doing it that well. Ashbrook is always playing cheesy and doing it the best. Yeah, he's <laughs> Doing awesome. the best ever. He's so good.
0: And then we get into Leo um, saying that he thinks Shelly is cheating on him, which, of course, makes Bobby very nervous. And he's like,
1: but do you know with who?
0: And it's like, could you be more obvious? Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like pretty clear Leo is like 90% sure already. Here, yeah, yeah. But and then it- he says a man
0: needs a clean home, which to me, their home is never clean anyway. They're, they're, it's in yes, disarray.
1: Home is shit. And also in that conversation, he says another choice Leo line where he says, she's been stepping out on me in my own bed. <laughs> which is again I get what's being communicated but also nobody talks like nobody this. says that a man needs a clean house his house sucks that's what I wrote his, his house, house is sucks. just nonsense <laughs> that's like, true
0: ugh alright and then that scene I think just concludes
1: yeah well, well there's he, a- he goes go out for a pass yeah. Bobby and then like they start to run because they think he's going to shoot them yes. or whatever and then he throws the deflated football at them instead yeah
2: And, like, hits right on the roof. Like, it was a good throw. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wonder, like, how many takes that scene involved (laughs) just, like, throwing ball at the thing. Well, And I have a lot of questions about that, about a coop scene later in here, but (laughs) (laughs) we can can save that. We'll get to that.
0: Okay. So, then we have, um, oh, so then we're in the Ned and the Ed and Nadine, the Ned, if you would. Ed and Nadine household, and Ed is covered in grease.
1: Like, very comically, so it's really kind of funny. It's like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think there's a similar scene, actually, because they were both in uh, People Under the Stairs together, and they played husband and wife, oh but also God. brother Maybe. and sister. That's yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> And that movie fucked me up Yeah that's a <laughs> fucked up movie It's great though it's I never a, put yeah.
1: that together No that's, <laughs> that's them
0: yeah. And I think he comes out In like a gimp suit At some point Like what And it's like very similar To the way he comes out In his grease covering And he's like Whoa! So to me like I, Those two images Marry in my mind Absolutely Yep <laughs> Um, and he's covered in grease, and she's got her drape runners, and she's on a rowing machine. That's what that is, right? A yes. row? I'm not. A it's
1: very... like a super '90s looking rowing. Right. I'm not a very fit person.
2: <laughs> My parents still have one in their basement. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> um, and he steps on the drape runner to her fury.
1: And he also gets some spilling on that. Yeah, well,
0: the gria, and that comes back. Mm. But it's this is one of the scenes that shows that Nadine has this like freakish strength. That I mean, doesn't really. I mean, it comes back, but it's just she like bends the rowing machine.
1: Yeah. So I had sort of totally spaced that they laid that in this early. Like I, I somehow in my mind. It, something happens to Nadine later. I say this about every character because it's true. Like, somehow every character on the show becomes a completely different person by the end of the show. Um, which is actually one of my favorite elements of it. But uh, something in particular happens to Nadine, and it seems like at the time it unlocks this weird strength in her, but actually it's just a consistent part of her character. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's she's funny because... so strong <laughs> that she can rip apart a the metal machine. of this rolling machine. And what's
0: funny is when we were watching it, my husband Fritz was like, "I forgot that they introduced and, that so and early." Fritz it's in-
1: explicitly was bitching to me about that particular part <laughs> when we were talking about doing this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> he actually, so I'm I glad need, to know that he. Has I seen also it.
0: need to say that as an aside, he stopped listening to the podcast to watch a season two episode to with Nadine to be like, "Is it me? Am I just like?" Not being fair, and got like 10 minutes, and he's like, No, this sucks, and shut it off. So, when we get to those episodes, he's gonna wanna jump in with some yeah. some chatting. But, um, our, but, li-
1: our one listener, your husband. <laughs> Thank you, Fritz. <friends. laughs> Shout out to Fritz.
0: Um, anyway, so that scene just like, it kinda just ends, like, just yeah, ends. with the rowing mm-hmm. machine situation. And then we have one of my favorite parts of this early Twin Peaks run. Invitation to Love.
1: Absolutely one of my favorite parts of early Twin Peaks. Nothing really happens with it yet here, but we get a little bit of a hint as to what might be going on with it. It's a TV show within the TV show, and also uh, this being on in the background, and then Bobby arrives at Shelley's place when Invitation to Love is on the television <laughs> screen. Um, we might be getting a little bit of a clue about what the show is going to become, With this, uh, within this fiction, Um, I have here written for this scene Shelly and Bobby, colon, it's bad, trademark. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Bobby shows up and he's like, let me in. I I know Leo's not here right now. And she's like, no.
0: Also, there's an amazing framed picture of Leo on top of the TV and it's incredible. Yeah,
1: it's like the most, like, Kmart ass like family photo thing but it's yeah. just him and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's just him like he went and got nice portraits done of himself for, some for Christmas reason.
3: cards or something so when he's watching TV he can look he up he can himself. look MC and Leo actually that's not too far out of character
1: for <laughs> um, Bobby's like oh no it's fine like Leo's not here I mean honestly Bobby had Leo's shotgun aimed at him two scenes ago. I don't know why he's risking this at this particular well, moment. He
2: says, I just saw him driving the other way out of town. So it makes me think that Bobby's sitting there waiting, watching for Staking him. to it out.
1: Gets... Yeah. <laughs> like a creep. Which is also
2: in character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally.
1: Um, and then Bobby does this terrible Bobby thing where like, he's noticing Shelly looks beat up. Yeah, and she's he's like, beat up. She's like if he ever does this again. <laughs> I love this
0: because it's like if he ever hurts you again, I'll kill you. Why won't you just kill yeah, him now?
1: Was, this one's free. <laughs> this but one's free. I said, I said, just had the shotgun trained on If he, he ever, ever does go, this but-
0: I wrote, if he ever does this to you again 12 or 15 more times, I'll probably say something to him <laughs> yeah, about it.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> like, totally.
0: what kind of a thing is that to say to your battered girlfriend? Yeah. like
1: I, I will say, I find it convincing in the scene because they're both playing the ke- characters that I think that they are. Like, Shelly wants to believe Bobby is some sort of escape from this, and Bobby thinks he's, like, the cool hero, but he's absolutely fucking not, and Shelly's absolutely wrong, and you can tell they're both wrong, you know? So I think this scene actually plays really well to me, uh, in spite of how, obviously, bullshit everything that they're saying is, in it...
2: Maybe just... There shouldn't be people kissing in this show. Yeah, too. it's always bad. It's bad. It's never
1: good.
0: Oh, it's... Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it's, kissing. Yeah, <laughs> Please stop kissing. <laughs>
1: um... We're at the diner?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this, too, because it's old Ed's, like, come in the doghouse. Yeah. No
1: what he (laughs) says... It's not the first time, and it won't be the last time, but I'm in that doghouse again. <laughs> Which,
2: and he's wearing a plaid shirt with acid wash jeans, yes. and the shirt is tucked in really tight. Yeah. And really tight. And, and always high. with
1: Ed, it's like at the navel. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like navel at the lowest. Like it, it's the highest jeans ever. Oh, there there so is good. an
2: entire, like, species of human male that dresses like that in the Pacific Northwest, yes. like well, everywhere. Yeah. To this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. to this day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, he's just, you know who Ed is. <laughs> Ed is such a reassuring character on the screen, because whenever he appears, it's like, I know that guy. <laughs> it's long way from being the um, first or the last time I say that about Ed, but I don't, not a... A lot happens here, except that you can see that him and uh, Nadine still have, or I'm sorry, him and uh, Norma still have those extracurriculars going on here. I kind of like
0: this though, because she's like, "Tell me what happened," yeah, and they like yeah. chat the way like friends would. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of nice that she's not like, "Don't talk to me about your wife," you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like a jealous person would yeah.
1: be or whatever. She's just very kind. It's complicated, and you can see why they interact with and care for each other. So I like that that little sweet moments in here after the absolutely like overwhelming negative energy off of the Shelly Bobby thing in the previous <laughs> scenes. um and now we go to Tibet yes <laughs> to <know>. oh, Tibet <laughs> with donuts <laughs>
0: My, I love they're measuring something and Tibet, they're measuring the donuts. distance between like where they're standing in these bottles right but they're measuring over this enormous spread of donuts so there's these like strings and I'm just, like, this, like, runner of donuts is just so iconic to me. Oh, God.
2: And, uh-huh. he, and he spits out the coffee, but then he tries to save it by saying it's hot. But he's do you a, think he thought it was bad? No, I'm, he's a damn good coffee and hot. <laughs> right, but do you think he thought it was bad and he wanted no. to save that? No. So I think, feel like it was just hot. I, I it think, was just hot. I yeah.
1: think Cooper is just unironically... That excited about coffee all <laughs> yeah. the time. Okay. Instead, I feel like
0: Seth, he would have said, This is not good coffee.
1: Seth, I'm trying to remember. Have you said you have not watched the return season?
0: We watched a couple together. We watched a couple. A couple.
1: The, there are certain specific moments in the return season that make me think it's just an unironic, eternal element of his character. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I don't He's even... got
0: rocks and buckets. There's a big. Um, there's a big blackboard and he's just like, let's do this. I mean, everyone's out there. Hawk's out there. Hawk Truman. wearing oven mitts
2: yes. to carry the, to carry the rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. there's, For there's, some reason. <laughs> to,
1: to go back to the coffee thing really quick, there's, uh, they're all like kind of scrambling around, like setting things up, like writing stuff on the blackboard. And then Lucy's like... Does anybody want to warm up? And she's got the thermos and then immediately everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. And they all like run over. Like the the unifying character trait is that we all immediately need coffee right now, all the time. Um,
2: Back to the oven mitts. I just I forgot that he calls them kitchen mittens. He does
0: call them kitchen mittens. No, he calls them that. Oh my god! (laughs) I (laughs) contact you.
2: I've never heard that phrase.
0: Honestly, we should incorporate that into our lexicon. That's great. Kitchen mittens. Yeah. Oh god. There's a whole like everyone's out there, so he's got a retractable pointer. I wrote, Tibet history. Chris can take this explanation. I obviously didn't want to write
1: anything No, down. thank you. Um, so, so, Cooper's... Oh, I wrote, uh, kitchen mittens? <laughs> so, Cooper's about to explain to them what we're doing out here, and shockingly, you're not going to believe this, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, he goes on this lengthy thing about his respect and love for the traditions and people of Tibet, which reads as mildly problematic um, <laughs> i i kind of don't know what to do with this it it's presented as a sort of unironic element of cooper's character i don't think it's meant to be disrespectful but it also just it doesn't do anything it's like evoking tibet because it sounds exotic like i, I yeah it's weird it's yeah. not
0: super disrespectful but no, it's also like
1: but it's, like why, why is this even yeah, here? yeah why yeah. is this even a thing it's like i had a
2: dream about the dalai lama once okay like yeah, you could have yeah, just said that yeah <laughs> I, I have some secret insider knowledge on this one. Ooh, so my, no shit. My, well, I don't Breaking know. Breaking a scoop. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's true or not because it's an ex, but an ex of mine was babysat by David Lynch.
1: No shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, because
2: her parents were in the same um, Buddhist cult. And it was the right transcendental at
1: the meditation thing. No, that,
2: well, t- transcendental meditation came out of it. was an elements thereof, but that. it was like before that. It's this, and I think the cult still exists. I don't know, but anyway, um, I think this was him trying to proselytize a little bit, uh, but trying to sneak
1: it in a way that's not like, "Hey, I'm in a funky, weird cult." Just saying. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
2: but he definitely was in a funky, weird cult for a while, and maybe transcendental meditation. People have opinions. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh, the other, I mean, there's so much to say about this scene. I'm, I'm almost like, don't know what to start with. But the, uh, anyway, did you want to say more about Tibet? No. No, You didn't want to say anything about it at all. Not to have said anything about it. I felt the
1: most during the headlights I have on the show yet when Colleen was like, and Chris can talk about it. I honestly just didn't want to write anything down. I,
0: figured
3: Chris would take I mean, literally, all
1: I've written here is Tibet. Yeah, like, I wrote Tibet. So. Yeah.
2: Also, they're in the woods with a giant chalkboard that you can, like, he flips flip over and, and like, he's, like,
1: like, pasted a map of Tibet, like, which he does nothing with the map. He's just like, Tibet. And then, like, like there's no actual use for the (laughs) vat how do you get that into the woods
2: there's no truck i just i have a lot of weird
1: yeah it's it's a really weird scene um so i'm just gonna move along to when the action starts happening here so what cooper basically says is that he has divined this secret energy-based deductive technique from this dream in which he interacted with the dalai lama which involves him throwing a rock at a bottle while focusing his mind on certain aspects of the case and the outcome of this will tell him things about the case so we basically have a name um we've taken this letter jay from laura's diary where she's like going to see jay tonight that they saw the day before she died um and they're working from there, all the J names that seem even mildly relevant to her, they've put on the board. They start reading them off, and then Cooper like repeats it, does a weird gesture with his hand, and hurls the rock at the like soda bottle that's on the thing. It's
0: almost like he's pouring his confidence into he's yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you like, know, like, Jacoby. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like pouring his energy into the rock.
1: Um, we've got there are just some choice elements of this, like He tells Truman to be like, hey, when you read the name, say the relationship to the the deceased, to Laura. And so, I think it's the first name on here. He says, James Hurley, secret boyfriend. (laughs) Which is just like, that's a real, like, it feels like a line from a... Burroughs novel or something. Yeah. It's just like a word salad.
0: Can, and it flashes through their faces, and it's so irritating to me. I'm
1: like, you yeah, yeah, know yeah. who these people this are. extremely 90 video effect where it's just whoosh, And you see like an awkward shot of their face. They're from like in mid talking. And then whoosh back.
2: Well, I, I mean, I'm a, I kind of think this is a brilliant. Way to solve a storytelling problem that he created by having so many goddamn. Characters. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I, I want to be clear that I think it's a great
1: iconic scene. It's a super good character moment for Cooper. I like how everything plays in it. It's just ludicrous. Like, <laughs> right. Well, I
2: mean, one of the so like when I'm editing books, one of the most common problems I come across is a writer will have like 30 characters in the first chapter and you're like nobody's gonna be able to keep this yeah. straight yeah. and that's a problem I know in screenwriting too and so this is just a good cheat just and
1: s- summarize summer. all the characters relationships to the plot yeah. yeah definitely you're right about that from like a meta like storytelling standpoint it's like just to refresh your <laughs> brains yeah. on this just
0: in case you forgot who everybody has to do with Laura
1: <laughs> just in case you forgot who James
0: is we didn't secret boyfriend well yeah and secret
1: boyfriend <laughs> And would honestly not be a helpful element at this point. dave has <laughs> got a lot of things going on. But secret boyfriend, not really
0: it. This scene, he throws a rock and he hits Andy in the head. And then Truman makes a really mean joke. He's like, can't break, what isn't there? Like, yeah. something like that. And
2: Andy's like, oh, I'm alright. And I'm like, stop being mean. Why are you being mean to your employee? Also, why does... He make him go stand by where
1: he's thrown. Yeah, he's Andy, stand near the bottle. It's like he knows he's gonna be hurling rocks over there. But the, of, like, the only thing he has him do is like set the bottle up once when it gets knocked yeah. over but not broken. Um really strange. Yeah. Um there is a good moment in the middle, like somewhere when he's about halfway down the list of names, where Truman is like, Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And they like lean in and he goes he goes This idea came from a dream, right? And Coop's like, "Yeah, great, huh?" And it's like, it's like clearly they're both taking two different things away from this. Where, where Truman's like, "We're fucked," and Coop's like, "Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Like, it totally do. This. It extremely yeah. rules." Uh,
0: then get to uh, Leo, unknown. <laughs> yeah, and then he's right. Like, so why is he on the fucking list? Because he because he has uh, a J
2: name. He has a J name, right? But, but the yeah. town isn't that small. I mean, it's small. Well, shelly's on there, though. How many people are in the population sign? It's like a few thousand, right? it's Twenty
1: thousand. So however, how many
2: J's are in that whole however, town?
1: However, we do know that when they made the show the original population sign was 2,000-something, and the execs at the network were Mm. like, no, that's too small. People aren't going to relate to this. So then they just like threw a zero on it. We're like, fine, fuck you. So (laughs) that's why it became 20,000. So originally, the, the idea, the fiction of Twin Peaks, it's a smaller population than what the establishing shot tells us, or at least the way the writers envisioned it is. So there's a weird, like thing you gotta keep in mind there where there's like a little bit of a distinction between what world they're playing in and what world they're telling us they're playing in. Right.
2: But I, even if it's a town of two thousand, there's gonna be more J names. Yeah, so this yeah. is just my Yeah, problem. yeah, yeah no, no,
1: it, it is a problem. They <laughs> just
2: gotta shoehorn Leo in there somewhere.
1: I mean so. it's yeah uh, the one the one out the one benefit of the doubt thing I'll possibly give is that they have talked about Leo Johnson before, um and um Harry discussed how he has an existing rap sheet and stuff in one of the earlier episodes. He does mention that to Cooper. Mm-hmm. So it's like the benefit of the doubt thing I can say is maybe they threw the name up there. Cause like this guy's a known weirdo criminal in this small town and he's, he has a J name. So maybe like, that's yeah, we'll again see, yeah. they, don't, they don't say that. So that's me being right. generous with right. the interpretation there, but I can see it. I think.
2: Well, I I, had, I, had an, I know you probably want to move on to the next, but, does Harry Truman think think that Coop is batshit at this point? I, I can't tell. Well, first
0: of all, to me, it seems like they're all very supportive of this nonsense. Like, they're like, okay, yeah. yeah, we'll stand out in the woods with you with kitchen mittens on. Why not? Right. Even, like, Lucy's like, so you want me? Like, she's kind of like, you want me to just, all right, I'll write the names. That's fine. Like, whatever. Um, I have a hard time reading Truman. I don't think I necessarily read him as being like, ugh. But, like, I think they do all think it's kind of strange
1: the vibe I get from it is like a little of column A and a little of column B right. um, I think especially and I'm mostly basing this on a couple of things he says a little later in this episode and some stuff he said in episode 2 about like uh, I should get a doctor's degree now because I'm feeling like Dr. Watson or whatever that was like the worst paraphrasing of that line ever <laughs> um, he is like I don't understand this guy but obviously he knows what he's doing, and he's already seen Coop make progress on this case he wasn't able to make, so I think he's sort of like, I don't get it, but I guess I trust him? Um, that's that's kind of always the early vibe I've had there. I don't know if anybody else has a different take on that.
0: I certainly okay, don't. No. <laughs> I'm You're 100% and, uh, correct. I nailed it! First try! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done. Good job. So he throws it in the... He th- visualizes Leo throws the rock and the it's the only bottle that shatters it doesn't fall over it doesn't like it it shatters and he makes the best face where he like raises his eyebrow and he looks like that emoji that's like hmm. yeah yeah totally (laughs) so he's like alright we're gonna want to check out Leo and then it cuts back to the diner
2: we're
1: back at the diner With the
2: giant ice cream cone, I want a giant ice cream cone like that.
0: Well, like the plastic one? I want one, too. We'll have to try to find them. I'm going to write it down. Anyway. Also, I want (laughs) real giant ice cream. Yeah, I do, too. I had a Choco Tago earlier. (laughs) Whatever. Um, It's fine. (laughs) um, And last episode, you mentioned that... Uh, whenever audrey's music plays it's actually playing in the scene so now i'm hyper vigilant as to if that's happening or not and absolutely it is happening in The scene. she the bar puts bar. it on in the jukebox and she sits down um uh, and donna is there with her family and
1: come from church
0: <laughs> right from church which is funny because her sisters aren't there like where are they
1: you know, it's uh, just the three some, of them. They had some full blossom of the night poetry together. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just always
0: think it's funny that they have these, like, there's these sisters that are just such a weird afterthought. It's yeah, like, yeah. wouldn't they be there the, with the, them?
1: This is part of what I was talking about. Like, the sisters, there's a weird amount of focus put on them in the pilot that never pays off. Like, they come back things. a couple times, but like, not. And, and usually even more briefly, and they just kind of, go away for all intents and purposes at this point.
0: So in this scene, we have um, Donna's mom's like, oh, there's Audrey Horn. I saw her while we were at church. And Donna's like, I didn't notice her. So she goes over to talk to her. And she's like, oh, I didn't see you at church. Like, why were you there? And Audrey's like, I was there for Laura. And you're like, really? <laughs> and she's like, I thought you didn't even like Laura. And she says something that I thought was is really nice here. She mm-hmm. said that she didn't really like her all that much. But she genuinely appreciated her helping her brother with everything. So Mm -hmm. in that way, she loved her. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a sweet sort of, a a sort of realistic thing where you don't really like, especially with teen girls. I don't like you, but this is something I can appreciate.
1: It is sweet. Uh, Audrey, even in the short time we've known her is Proven to be a little sus, so like, yeah, that comes out of her mouth. It's hard to know how seriously to take it, but it also it doesn't seem like something that she would say if she didn't mean it, because it doesn't make her look good, really. To be like, well, I didn't, I didn't like Laura, yeah, and now, <laughs> now she's dead. I didn't like that yeah, girl yeah, who was so, horribly so, murdered, and yeah, everyone's yeah, sad about yeah, it. So, so I don't. She think sucked. That, right? I, I don't. It doesn't feel like a play for sympathy, at least not this particular thing. Like she'll do a lot of other things that are of questionable uh, uh, motive, but here it that that specific character moment feels genuine coming out of her and then she immediately follows it up with uh hey Donna I'm just like super horned up for this FBI guy this <laughs> She does this thing stuff. with the cup lid
0: at the cup <laughs> rim where she's like like rubbing her finger sensually around it. and she's like Do you like coffee? Agent Cooper likes coffee. I like mine with cream and sugar. But he likes his black <laughs> And Donna's like Eek! and then they do this like teenage like, giggle. Teen girl giggle
1: <laughs>
0: and she's like you slut <laughs> stop it um but then but then she drops this line that's like pretty heavy and important and shows that audrey's not really 100 percent self-centered like she notices things because she says did laura ever talk about my father he used to sing to her And then goes right into, isn't this music too dreamy? And starts dancing. And Mm -hmm. so Donna's, like, left with this weird clue or whatever. It's a very strange thing to say.
1: Yeah. I'm left curious at this point in the series about how much Audrey actually knows and how much she's bluffing. And also how much she realizes she's playing the game and how much she is just, like, throwing shit out there to see what happens. Um, Because... Well, it's not really a spoiler to say she's kind of trying to do her own little sleuthing here. She's yeah. trying to mm-hmm. get to the bottom of some stuff that's going on. Um, but it's also pretty clear that it's motivated mostly out of her like bitterness towards her dad. Yeah. So something, question that I have that I'm not even sure really gets answered in a satisfactory way at any point is does she really have a grasp on what's going on with the whole One-Eyed Jacks thing and her dad and stuff? Does she just have suspicions and she's trying to crack it? Or does she just think, like, hey, this is a good thing for me to throw my dad under the bus for because I hate him. You know? Right. And, like, I, I don't... Yeah maybe it doesn't matter maybe the fun is that it can be any of those things but
2: i feel I, like i could answer that but it would spoil something right right yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and there is
1: we do get a little bit more of that in the future so i it's not a totally directionless thing but I'm still like at this point i think it is kind of up in the air about how much she's got and how much she's just looking to start fires yeah
2: know? also i i do have a a question about audrey and this dancing um 3 years from now like assuming everything goes fine for her she goes to college mm-hmm. whatever is she going to be a goth kid or is she going to be a candy ripper? <laughs> remember it's it's it would be 95 or 96 when she goes to college
0: we target we mentioned this a little bit last time too where she's doing this weird goth sort of yeah yeah. I kind of feel like she would go
2: candy raver though. Yeah, especially just to annoy era. people. Yeah. yeah, like with the little backpack and yes. pigtails.
1: <laughs> that's just all her. With yeah. The pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see candy necklaces. I see papers. her considering goth and realizing it <laughs> would limit the bandwidth of attention she's going to get. True. That, yes. <laughs> that would not play her and the, the whole Lolita. <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 So I. I think, yeah, that's it's, what I it's think It is an ex- excellent question. <laughs> and
0: a great writing prompt. <laughs> <laughs> a great writing prompt. If anybody wants to explore that, I'm Audrey, open. Audrey Horn, Candy Raver or Goth Girl?
1: <laughs> um uh, Alright. Right. And uh it in a Non-hilarious way of answering your question. The Audrey dancing thing gets a really interesting payoff in the return season. Yes. So uh, come that's over a, whenever you would like. Yeah, I want to jump that back into okay, that so. one's so. coming home back someday. <laughs>
0: uh, now we go back to the station with Coop and, and Truman.
1: And here we get one of, if not the best secondary player character in the series. I'm just like
0: <laughs> waiting for it. I'm so excited. And they you know, have, okay, now I kind of got distracted or something while I was watching this mm-hmm. because they they have a bloody something in front of them. Yes. What is it?
1: So it is like a, it's like a bloody washcloth or something. It's okay. Yeah. I um, couldn't tell if it was a shirt that, or whatever. Uh, and
0: I was like, I'm not backing this up. Time is up the
1: that, I. This is another one of these weird phrasing things in this series where they say, oh, this was found about two miles from the crime site. It's like. Right. Not the crime scene, which is what this would be called in literally anything else ever, the including real site. life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really strange, um, and then we have the introduction of College Albert, of Diabetic, Albert, who who notably walks in with two youngish looking clones of himself <laughs> yes we never, again. we never see them again i I'm, I'm not i don't think i've ever noticed or paid attention to that in the past <laughs> I, well, really I was like, like who I are these listeners. people and yeah. he
0: is and and coop warns truman too that out uh, of the way albert's gonna be and i think we get to that in a second but uh albert shows up and he's like lucy i'm here you know like well he doesn't know lucy's yeah, name yeah, but he's yeah. like i'm here to see uh you know Cooper and Truman, basically. And she's like, okay. And he's like, oh my God, you're instantly the most annoying person I've ever met in my life. Please stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's
1: immediately like, and then also, why are you taking so long? Like, not even taking a breath. By the way, Lucy's holding a giant Tibet textbook at this (laughs) point. She's reading about it. it. She just wants to learn. She wants to learn more. Lucy's just interested in the facts, Albert
0: has no time for fools. He's got no time for this shit. And that's why I love Um, him. And oh, it has that amazing cutaway where he's like, he says something to her, and turns away and she sticks her tongue out at him really quick. And then it just immediately cuts away yeah, from yeah, her. Yeah. It's so good. I rewound it. Yeah, That's yeah. how much really I love quality it.
1: quality stuff out of Lucy as always. <laughs> um, there's this deal where Coop's like, okay, Albert one of my guys. He's the best there is. And this is one of these moments from Truman that was kind of like to the point you were asking about earlier, Seth, where he's like, well, if he works with you, I have no doubt he's the best that there is. Right. And then he goes, but he's lacking in the social niceties. So <laughs> And
0: Truman is, says, nobody's perfect. Yeah, nobody's
1: perfect. <laughs> and so now here he is ripping Lucy of all people, a new one, at the front desk here. <laughs>
0: but... He says nobody's perfect, and Coop says, "Isn't that the truth?" And oh. then grabs his nose and goes. <laughs> I.
1: could
2: <laughs> you how forget? That
1: was- how could you forget about that? It's I the- don't know. Like I was distracted by Albert. Being
2: this there. is this is the moment where I started shipping them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because he's like. They
1: have power. He
0: goes, things. "Isn't that the <laughs> truth?" Reaches over <laughs> and like. <laughs> squeezes Truman's nose and goes like makes this like weird noise that I don't even know how to write it out (laughs) and it's just like
2: it's me the cutest moment in the whole show it
0: is very cute and it's definitely something I'm gonna have to find like a thing of it he like honks his nose and then we just go right like it's like it didn't even happen it's like that that thing at the beginning with the whistle and the very proud look (laughs) on it it's just so he's so silly in this episode it's funny to me it's so good Oh, my God. I couldn't wait to get to that because <laughs> I was, like, crying. Um, I don't know. I wrote something here, and I don't know what it says. So, Cooper's... Koopin... Oh, he grins. That's what I wrote. He grins. Yeah, Coop... Oh, I wrote Cooper's grin because because Albert comes in, and he's just tearing everybody a new yeah. one, and he's just like, I told you, he sucks. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Oh, Albert. He has his Where grin. Mean to everybody for no reason. He has his grin
0: through this entire... Watch this scene and look at his face he's so fucking proud that albert is there and shitting everything up he's like this is awesome i love this
1: he's also proud about uh um he's also equally if not more proud of truman's response to it here where yeah albert's in here just throwing fireballs of shit that like anybody who's gonna take it he refers to the police station as a tree house which i don't know why it's not by a long shot, the most interesting or funny line in the show, but like it's just funny. Like, he he said something like, "Where thing. are we on Queer Street?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck?
2: That's yeah, I me. Would, I would kick your ass over yeah. the Queer Street. What does that it, even mean? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. None yeah. of it means it's, anything. It's like not quite homophobic, but it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like okay,
3: technically, if you're not. He's not saying this is queer street, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but he's it's going close. to
0: take you to queer
3: street, right? Yeah. It's so very maybe confusing. Maybe he's hitting on. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah so in, a right. lot of animalistic <laughs> tension <laughs> happening. At any rate, Harry gives him the like good old boy business of like, listen, I know you got the big words and the degree and stuff, but my guys are the best, and you just being like a, a shithead is like super not cool, and I'll punch you in the face. You like. Nerd <laughs> and, and so Albert leaves and then Coop with the same exact expression on his face of the whole scene gives him the thumbs up. Like, yep, this went exactly as well as I was. Expecting. I honestly think
0: we should be counting how many times he thumbs up thumbs per up. episode. <laughs> yeah. Alright. And then that scene ends. It's so good. I love Albert is amazing. Um, it, oh, he's just such a treasure, and it's just such a shame that he's no longer with us in real life
1: yes oh god
0: um now we move on to ed and nadine's house again and he he walks in and you hear nadine go ed in that voice and his he goes oh my god and (laughs) and the way he says oh my god is such a mood like the kids say
1: mood Mood. like (laughs)
0: like he just closes his eyes and he's like
1: why? And it is just everything to me. It's, it's a big mood from Big Ed.
0: <laughs> but we turn it around because Nadine is happy.
1: She comes out, and this is a great exchange. She's like, you don't know what you've done for me. And he goes, no one don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which pretty much sums up their entire dynamic as a pair of characters. Although, could we all just
2: be as happy as she is when the drape With those drapes? She, oh my. she is so
1: happy. She hugs
0: him and she's just so grateful because the grease he has tracked across <laughs> the cotton balls for the drape runner has made the drapes completely silent.
2: I just want one moment of that kind of happiness in my life. She is so. in the full blossom of the night of her happiness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: Like
0: all right, I'll take it. I guess, like whatever. Yeah,
1: maybe my life won't be miserable today. Cool.
0: <laughs> um, it's a very quick scene, but it's satisfying. It's a good one.
1: Um, let's see. We go from here to the uh,
0: um, Martell house, the Martell
1: Packard household.
0: This is where I get confused. Catherine and Pete are talking. He's like cleaning his boots, and she says.
1: Also, let's note Pete's pajamas before we go. Oh, they're up. awesome! Pete's pajamas, <gasps> just... number one.
0: <laughs> she says, "Oh, they came to talk to you guys today." This is the same day. Like I think we mentioned, the... yeah,
1: chronologically it doesn't make any sense because we've seen another night elapse since then with the Bobby. Yeah, and we've and Mike mentioned Mike that time is
0: very yeah. bizarre. So either yeah. this is supposed to be like back. Like, yeah, this yeah. scene happened yesterday and we just didn't show you or in chronological...
1: Or we just don't know the chronological relationship or these events or more realistically nobody cared (laughs) right but it bugged me because she's like oh today they came and talked to you huh like, today there's like 40
0: things happened since then
1: I didn't didn't note it or anything just because I specifically pitched a fit about it last episode but I like it's a continuing issue especially early on in the series I feel like the continuity gets a little clearer as it goes like even as shit gets weirder (laughs) and (laughs) there legitimately is some time space confusion later on in the series but like I understand what the order of events is supposed to be a little better in these early goings it's just sort of like vignette with these characters vignette with these characters vignette with these characters and it like maybe the real issue is that it just doesn't really matter what order they're happening in as long as we know they're happening at about the same time but it does get tough to follow
2: and is he is he blaming her for the fish in the percolator do you think
0: Maybe that's where I got the idea that she did it, even though she's not there. Remember, I yeah. said like yeah. I had this feel, but then like that doesn't make any sense. It, it, it,
1: feel, it feels almost like it's like while we've got stuff like Audrey is like trying to like probe what her dad's involvement in this stuff is, and the cops are like hunting down the mystery of you know who killed Laura Palmer. We've got Pete throwing out bait <laughs> to Catherine there, like something happened <laughs> with the fish in the percolator <laughs> earlier. Do you think you know anything about it? <laughs> Uh-huh. He, Pete's the real sleuth in all of this, <laughs> oh, and he sneaks a key to Josie.
0: Okay. Yeah, right. He
1: sneaks a key to Josie. Um, at the end of the scene, Catherine tells him, "Go to your room." She serves.
0: <laughs> she serves some Margaret White realness right there. <laughs> she is channeling her Carrie moments because yeah, she, of sure. course, played Carrie's mother yeah, 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 in, yeah. in Carrie. And I'm like, mm, they were like, we
1: need that fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it's the saddest wife-to-husband interaction of all time. Yeah. Fictional, real. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, just, he's so down and he's like, whatever. Yeah. Uh.
2: Also, Josie goes to the safe, which is behind a trick bookshelf. And I just remembered that I need to get a trick bookshelf before yeah, I yeah. die. Yeah, yeah. The I think we all everybody need one. Maybe for Christmas.
1: We'll, <laughs> maybe, we'll see what we can do. So behind the <laughs> trick bookshelf she opens up a safe, and she pulls out two accounting books. And I was like, oh, thank God, now we're finally to more accounting book drama. <laughs> this, is, this is what I come to twin Pins for. CPA <laughs> sleuthing. <laughs> so, Josie is also a sleuth, it turns out. Um, okay, so, the awful Palmer household. Yeah, okay, so
0: Leland, we cut to the always sad palmer household and leland comes home and he puts on a glenn miller record it's pa6 5000 i think is the name of the song and when you're putting on glenn miller in any movie or television show things are getting bad fast
1: glenn <laughs> miller
3: is just like
0: like an international symbol for bad
1: things happening this shit is getting real <laughs> right
0: and he starts dancing to the song with Laura's picture, prom picture while moaning. And it's it's kind of sad, but then it gets like really off the rails very quickly. And <laughs> uh, Sarah comes out and it, it's just a very dark scene. It's like we got dark fast in such a relatively kind of goofy episode. And... She yells, what is going on in this house? Which, in my opinion, is probably something she should have been asking before, <laughs> yeah, Laura and <died>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's just crying, and he smashes the picture. And I think he actually cut his hand in real life there. Oh, really? I could
2: be wrong. Was and it might her be hand or his hand? His. Yes. And
0: then he starts, like, he's like, Laura, Laura, and starts, like, kind of rubbing the picture. So there's blood everywhere. And she repeats what's going on in this house. I want to say he did, but I might, now that I think about it, I might just be thinking of Django Unchained, (laughs) (laughs) because he definitely cut his hand in that scene, but um, for some reason I'm under the impression he really cut his hand in that scene, and it's very dark, like it's kind of bizarre in a sense that it's like, if it were anything else it would be goofy, Mm -hmm. but it's just so dark, and and it's very sad.
1: Yeah, which is what a lot of the Palmer household stuff looks like at this point Mm -hmm. in the series, is it's like... If you extracted it from its context, it would be like almost so melodramatic that it just would be awkward and almost kind of funny. But in the context of the show, it it feels really sad.
0: And it's just, it's dark. And it's, and you would think it would be the darkest part of this episode, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) somehow not. Um, I want to draw attention back to the line what is going on in this house because it will continue to be an interesting question regarding that specific house and these specific <laughs> characters like, forever <laughs> never ends <laughs> it, it will not go away um,
2: I mean so I I wrote in this scene I wrote does David Lynch love jazz or does he hate jazz <laughs> and then I wrote does David Lynch love dancing or does he hate dancing <laughs> <laughs> and that becomes even more important in the next scene yes yeah. <laughs> and uh, both can be true what is, is the subtext <laughs> <talk about. laughs>
0: What is the subtext happening here? Like, exactly, you know? <laughs> like, so I love this because, like I said, I want to get back to when people originally watched the show. And this is very much reminds me of that Simpsons joke where they're like, wow, everything wrapped up a little early this time. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll just stand here and wait for next week. Or what? Like, it's like the episode, like, concludes you know, 10 minutes before it's supposed to work. Like, that's the joke. And Coop gets into bed. And I just like to think of people being like, wow, what a nice little tidy conclusion to an episode. Like, he's got this, like, warm milk-looking motherfucker <laughs> look about him. Like, yeah I'm just going to get his, in his Pajamas. Yeah, He's has got some pajamas. The bed looks very comfortable. And it's like, all right, that's a, like, nice little way to end the show. All right. 10 minutes early or whatever. no. Basically, are you ready? And a corn voice happens here. Yeah. And we go to... Are you ready? <laughs> Somebody definitely got, like, murdered outside.
1: There might a... be the fires. There's some sort of lynching bullshit going on where the second you start talking about the red room... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... Mulholland's right there. Yeah, it's right <laughs> over there, man. Yeah.
0: So, it Coop's in bed. Real comfortable bed. Looks great. Shuts off his light. And then we go to what's probably the most iconic scene of the actual show in its entirety. Chris?
1: <laughs> Why does it keep happening? <laughs> um, I've written here Keenan and Kel voice, ah, here it go, um, to <laughs> sort of lead in. Chris. Do you have a lead in? I have the corn thing. Oh. Uh oh! <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> oh no! Um, so we have we we have a room. There's there's like well, before we get to there, I guess we flash through a couple of different images. We see like a small guy vibrating, which is you know, obvious shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's going like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rubbing um, his hands together. We see yeah. the, uh,
3: yeah, I was going to say, we, uh, <laughs> vibrating could be, well, it's like, he, <laughs> no, he, he vib- vibrates, he vibrates, though. like yeah, it's a guy. Like, right, right, it's, yeah. it's, yeah,
1: like, um, we've got, like, a shot of, um, who we know at this point, only as the one-armed man right. that we've briefly mm-hmm. seen, if we've been paying good attention up to now. You can hear
0: Sarah calling for Laura, yes. which is an important element, yes. which comes yes. back over and over again.
1: Um... You
0: see the ceiling
1: fan. see the ceiling fan, yeah. You see uh, creep, that creepy shot up the staircase pretty briefly yeah. that we'll never stop seeing forever now. <laughs> uh, it
0: shows... I have this kind of written in order. Okay, it shows. This. It shows Coop sitting in this red room and he has old makeup on. So mm. he looks older than mm. he is. Uh, then it goes to the one armored man reciting... A poem, uh, which we'll come back later. But it's you know just a little poem. Then he starts talking about uh, like oh they lived above in a convenience store, and he just kind of like I didn't write specifics because this
2: happens
1: really fast. But and you don't remember specifics, and you're not intended to. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like it's like a lot like of weird a couple of different images. At you. It's I, I have of,
2: to say the most disturbing line in the whole thing because you mentioned the convenience store. Was I think you say convenience, convenience store, and yeah. he's yeah. saying that with a perfect American accent. So it's not that yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. understand yeah. the language, yeah. It's that he doesn't understand this world, world. yeah. yeah. Where convenience store. So
0: it is creepy, and yeah. it, it's almost like, who are you talking about? Yeah. And then it cuts to um, Bob, the the long haired man that we saw in the last two episodes briefly. Then it cuts to a pile of dirt with candles around it. Then, back to Bob, then the dirt. Then, um, Bob is calling for Mike, which I assume is the one on man at this point, you know, if you're watching it we're, for the first time. We're putting it together. Yeah. Right. And he's like, M- Mike, Mike, you know, you can't stop me, I'll kill again, stuff like this, something like that. Then it goes to this room that Coop is in,
1: So I think before this, Mike talks about his arm. Yes, he talks about his arm and he says he
0: cut it off.
1: He says he cut his arm off because he had a tattoo above the left shoulder. Right. You can see this tattoo on Bob in this scene. So we can probably put together what he's talking about here. It's just a lot um, fast. Yes, and it's, it's a lot fast, and you're not intended to have all of it on a first watch. So, or a 98th right, watch. And, 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 and. <laughs> no, really? We're going to be real. Well, I,
2: I did find a grammar issue and his <laughs> right <Okay. laughs> All right. And, and how far
1: is it from the crime site? <laughs> he says,
2: you may think I've gone insane, but I promise I will kill again. Those things are not contrary. <laughs> <laughs> the but is, should, right. should not be there.
1: Well I, I have a possible way of addressing This statement But it, it cannot happen On a spoiler <laughs> podcast. So yeah. we can talk We'll about talk about off, it when it's over
0: um, So it's just a lot happening And it's all very creepy And then we go to this room It's got red curtains in the back It has a chevron sort of rug There's some chairs There's an Aphrodite statue I think it is
1: mm-hmm. And and it's like if i remember correctly it's like you know the venus de milo it's yeah. like a venus day something else it's like a different venus yeah. statue other than the famous one or something and we have
0: coop with his old you know makeup to make him look aged and we have laura and we have looking
1: very, like, stereotypical 90s hot with the hella aquanet going on. <laughs> and, and, like, stuff. that, like, yeah. black kind of yeah, yeah, slinky yeah. velvet thing. One
2: of her eyebrows seems higher than the other. Yeah, Did you notice sure. that? I didn't, I didn't. Oh, no, I didn't notice yeah, that, actually. The brow
1: situation is definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm usually really, like, honed in on the brow. I, I was gonna say, I'm surprised to hear you joke. No. no, no, I didn't notice that. <laughs> brows are,
0: are an important part of my existence. Uh, and bad brows, especially, it's... Usually bad takes I, I come from say, people with bad I, brows. I think
1: it's just a long way from being the most bizarre thing happening in the yeah. scene. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then we have this, uh, what his name is in the show is the little man from another place. Mm-hmm. And this is a very iconic scene where everything they say is very stilted sounding because they filmed everything, their movements and their speech backwards and then played it forward. So you have this strange stuff being said in the first place, but it sounds strange, too. And it looks strange the way a dream would. And it's just really, it's a really iconic sort of uh, practice, the way he filmed it.
1: There's, like, at some point, there is, um, like, uh, this is not important in order or something but there's like the shadow of a paper airplane I think it's supposed to be
0: banner. an owl is it? I, I looked okay, it up because I'm it, like what okay, is that that actually makes sense yeah but-
1: there's no way to know that at this point in the series. Yeah. I mean, is that an owl? I actually <laughs> ended up looking
0: it up and spending some time on it after I watched the episode. And the way it's shaped looks weird, but I think it's at an angle while flying. So I'll show – I mean, I'll okay. post a picture and I'll show you, too. It's Because it, yeah. I was like, what is that supposed to be? Because yeah. God only knows. <laughs> like, it could be yeah, anything. I started
1: writing, do we know what the – and then I crossed it out because I'm like, no, we don't. Like, even if we think we do, we don't. So it's fine. Um oh we've got um we we've, we've got some interesting statements here from the man from the other place yeah um, he says
0: let's rock mm-hmm, i've mm-hmm. got great news the gum you like is coming back in style mm-hmm. and then he gestures to laura and he says she's my cousin but doesn't she look exactly like laura palmer mm-hmm. and coop who's confused says well that is laura, laura palmer, palmer. And Laura says, "But is
1: Coop confused?" <laughs> well, he looks at her and yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Like, oh, I don't, I don't." Know and what you're she
0: says, you. "I feel like I know her, but sometimes my arms bend back." And then kinda have- <laughs> And then uh, we have she's filled with secrets. Where we're from, uh, the birds sing a pretty song, and there's always music in the air. Mm-hmm. All these things that seem very important and clue-like, and um.
2: More dancing. There's a lot quotes. of very strange dancing.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Laura gets up and she whispers something to Coop. I think I got everything. I think I pretty yeah, much
1: the meat She whispers of it. something yeah. to Coop and then we wake up. He wakes up.
2: What I have a few questions that are detail-oriented <laughs> that you may know or not. That tie, first of all, I just want to comment on his tie. It's like a weird half-American
1: flag thing. Is it?
2: But it's not really an American flag, but it's red, white, and blue, and it's like blue.
1: Coop's and... tie in the scene? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I noticed that it was a weird tie, but I didn't have a... And then he
2: has these lapel pins that yes, look the like... the lapel they're... pins were interesting They're me. supposed to mean something, yeah. but I I, I thought I that
0: those were his FBI pins. Yeah. Aren't, aren't they?
2: Maybe. I don't know. I guess FBI would have pins just like the military. Probably. They do. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, that shows what I
1: know about the um, FBI. Yeah, what? what? <laughs> I thought you were on this as our FBI correspondent.
0: I'm looking it up while we chat. If you guys want to keep talking about it for a second, I mean, yeah, that that FBI pin I believe comes back in season three, and that's why I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why
2: or or how, but um, I'm just trying to find the other thing. I, I just I feel like we should call out is that. Little people kind of hate this scene, yeah, um, because it's it's become, um, you know, a trope that in films, um, little people are in dream sequences, mm-hmm. which is not how you want your right. no. to existence be to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: there's. They even comment <laughs> I don't, on that in the movie
3: Living in Oblivion. Where yeah. he makes it where it's about this this, you know, obnoxious filmmaker who wants to do this pretentious movie and so he goes out to get a little person yeah. to be in the dream sequence yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um so I don't So even then it's a cliche. I, I don't want to defend this choice because I'm sure that at some level it was always just like it'd be weird if we put a small right. person here. Right. So like I, I don't wanna like I don't want to be the person standing in the way of that bullet because I fine letting it go where it's aimed at. Um, but uh, there, there is a certain physical logic to him being a small person based on what we learn about right. the character later, later on. Yeah, that's so true. That's not, true. Not that. Really not defending anything. it, but it, yeah, yeah. contextually the, some, it the, makes some the, sort of the, sense. I think like,
2: it's just more, I mean, and I'm not saying it's David, you know, I hate David Lynch. It's just more of something yeah, that little yeah, people no, are yeah, like. Yeah, and no, he it, has it, it a lot of direct. characters,
0: especially on this show, that that looking cast, at it on a 2019 level, yeah, it's like, yeah. wow, well, he probably would have made different decisions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and in fact, in many cases, did actively make different decisions yes. when, right. when returning to the series later. That is a weird tie. It is a weird tie. <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed. Yeah, it took me forever to a find type, a picture, but I didn't zero in on it. Um, but
2: yeah, it's, yeah, it's like part Native American design, but also American flag colors. It's yeah. it's, it's weird. am it's weird. Weird. Sure, it means something, or it doesn't. Who knows? <laughs> what does the
3: flag of Tibet look like?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know what that
1: is off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of. I it, think right? that's. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah, it doesn't look anything like that. No. Well. Uh, maybe. <laughs> 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 you know what? We'll throw it on the Twitter as well. <laughs> okay. Um and basically that's the scene. It's I think we got everything well, in you it. You
2: missed that that Laura and Aunt, he make out a little bit. Oh, they make out oh, a little yeah, bit they when do. Yeah, to
1: whisper to him. Yeah,
2: which is weird. Yeah, Yeah. so it's the whole scene. But also very, very on par with Laura. So whatever. Uh,
0: It's just
1: how she relates to people. And then
0: he wakes up with like the most something about Mary hairdo. I
1: I wrote alfalfa hair looking ass on on my notes too.
0: And he calls Truman, and he says, "Harry, meet me tomorrow. I know who killed Laura Palmer."
1: And he's like, no, it can wait till tomorrow.
0: And then settles back into bed.
1: And so... That's presumably the second to last episode of Twin Peaks uh, based <laughs> yeah. on the fact that we now know who and killed Laura. <clears throat> I
2: just want to request that I can call in for the first scene discussion for the next one so I can tell you exactly what I think about this. Okay. I mean, it makes me angry. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I think if I'm we can pretty record you what you're going to use, We can record right? you
0: <laughs> ranting and feed it in. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you can just do like a voice
1: memo we'll and you. send it in.
3: <laughs> we'll call you and put you on speakerphone yeah, we'll and go to yeah.
0: And that's the episode. And I want to know, if anyone here is listening who watched it in the original run, I want to know how you reacted to that ending. Because I cannot imagine watching that while it was airing and being like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, what? For like a relatively normal episode, it's such a bizarre branch in a weird, I mean, even like the Tibet stuff and throwing the rocks, whatever, it's still like relatively, I hate to use the word
1: normal, but like. It, it fits in this like kind of cartoon. Yeah, like quirky uh, thing. But thing this is like a,
0: a just a complete, <laughs> like just separate thing altogether. And I need to know, because I think I even like texted someone, I was like, imagine watching this and just being like, and you couldn't even go online and complain about it. Yeah. You just had to, like, wait until the next day and be like, did you watch
2: that? That was so weird. So, I think, um, I, I'm think i pretty sure this is the episode where my mom stopped watching it. Because all her friends, they were really hyped up. Yeah. And she watched the first few, and she she just said, oh, it's too weird for me. And she just that said, was it. Well, that's fine.
1: That's, yeah. that's somebody who knows their limitations. Yes. <laughs> She's a better person than most yeah. of us. Um, I I will say something that strikes me about it on this rewatch and just paying attention to the order in which stuff is delivered to us. It is really interesting to me that Invitation to Love and The Red Room get handed to us both in this same episode and the way they sort of serve almost as, what do I want to say, like opposing poles of like the world in which we're viewing here. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It is
0: interesting. Because, like, we have, okay, we have their world, yeah. and then we have this fictional world inside their world, which is just, like, a soap opera. Right. And then we have this transcendent world outside of their world, which could be one thing, or it could be just a dream, or could be something else entirely. It's weird, like, these two alternate realities within this yes.
1: reality, I guess. And, and the way, the relationship each of them has with what... Goes forth. It's something that I'm going to be paying attention to as we do this more. So I don't want to dive into that before right. we get to the stuff. But um, I'm interested in that now. That realizing that connection.
0: All right. Producers'
3: corner. What do The mic has been handed over. Anyway, the mic has been handed over. I well, I was watching this. Uh, live. There
1: you Oh, good. Okay, never old. mind one other listener. <laughs> 11
3: years old. But please, other listeners, yeah, come in. Um, and I don't remember anyone, and maybe it's the same thing, Seth, as you said with your mom. I don't remember anyone else at school talking about this the next day. And this was a time when literally that small town... The ABC affiliate was the local station. Yeah. So whatever was on ABC was what you watched. You, watched. Every, yeah. you talked about Home Improvement. You talked about Roseanne. That was it. That, that was really it. And no one talked about this. No one. It was too fucking weird for yeah. that small Missouri town. Uh, but me and my mom, we watched it. And we, I mean, I was freaked the fuck
0: out. And obviously, I mean, even like
3: hearing the the description again. It's yeah, it's just creepy. such creepy, yeah. creepy, it's a creepy. It is thing, creepy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's funny too cuz I always forget that at the beginning there's all that like Bob and Mike stuff. Like, like when I when it I think means, about you don't that know as... what it
1: means you don't know what to do with it. When I think right about, about
0: there, that scene like... I forget that that's there altogether. Yeah. Like and I just think about, you know, like the iconic parts of it. Right. So I don't know. It's
1: crazy. I do want to start talking about since now it's happened already. Um and I I know that there's some schools of thought on this that exist, but I'm not I don't find any of them particularly satisfying um, the relationship between these two entities who I'm just gonna say we'll see more of them as they come that are calling each other Bob and Mike and the fact that we have these two shithead kids Bobby and Mike that are are on the town all the time.
0: I know that that's come up I think I said before that like this is a show. Where like I'd I'd read like every Reddit yeah, thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and I think that has come up and I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, he likes to reuse names. And to yeah, me that's not no, satisfying no, enough. There has not, to be something no. else like, happening. It's obviously yeah. on
1: purpose, like to what what what's being served there or what we're learning from it may or may not be
2: Yeah, we should look into that. Well, red we, herring. I wonder again how much I mean Tom and Jerry. I wonder how much of it is ben him. And Jerry. Ben, ben, and ben and Jerry, Jerry sorry. See, but that's the risk here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but I think part of it might be he's trying to help people with all remember all these
1: character names. I mean at this time I mean that at least makes sense to me. Yeah, so that, that's I, a better yeah. argument than yeah. he just likes the name Mike. Yeah. Like whatever, you know. He just likes it when a guy named Bob hangs out with a guy named Mike. <laughs> yeah.
2: So why can't you have two of those on the same show?
1: It's
0: <laughs> never been done before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we could really, really like start analyzing, but That's a good way, that's a good place to start for sure, especially given where we're at in the series. series, Because, I mean, you can go off and analyze the whole series, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, thank you both. Oh, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Because I remember.
0: Seth wanted to do this episode, and then someone else had taken it, but they had to drop out. So I was really
2: excited to be like, "Do you want to do that?" Actually, and I was
1: really excited when you asked me. Nice, (laughs) Seth, Seth, you're a guest. The appropriate thing for us to do at the close of the episode would be to ask if there's something you want to plug that you have, yeah, (laughs) somewhere or something right now. I totally gapped it last time we were on.
2: Oh, that. um, I mean, I am an editor. If you want to go to my website, Seth Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R.com. If you are a writer and you want some help with your um, writing, I'm happy to help. I'm also a writer, and you can check out my writing on that website as well. And if you like it um, and you want to pay me lots of money to write more, you can also email me.
0: <laughs> Hell yes. yes. <laughs> and I would like to say you could follow us along on our Twitter account, which we tweet from here and there, at,
1: at TPlogcasting. Please remind me off mic to get the login credentials from you again okay. so that I can use it. <laughs> I'll have to remember them. I'll go back in the text. <laughs> um,
0: all right, so I guess we'll sign off. I'm calling Carney Hefner.
2: I am Chris Pruitt. And I'm Seth Fisher. And that's Matt Guerrero.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank Bye. you.